opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. All right. Well, thank you, uh, Sheila, and, and, and congratulations, Judy, uh, for the door prize. Um, my name is Brian Finney. I'm the president and founder of, of Democracy Live, and it's a, it's a great honor to be here today at your uh, 2022 uh, Florida, Florida Council of Line um, conference. And uh, what I was hoping to do today is uh, really give a high level of, of um, what in this voting uh, election year that we're in, in 2022, a very critical uh, election year, what all 67 counties are offering now really for the first time outside of that initial pilot to allow all voters um, to be able to access their ballot uh, from home. And first, I'd like to say congratulations to, um, to those that were instrumental in making that happen in the state of Florida. I want to do a, a special uh, kind of shout out to, uh, to Jim Crott and, of course, President Young um, on the efforts that you all put forth. And then, of course, all of the support of your team to, to make uh, broader accessibility happen for voting in elections in the state of Florida. And uh, for Democracy Live, in the fact that we work with about 25, 26 other states around, around the country, I can tell you that the efforts that you all put forth to broaden, expand accessibility in Florida for voters, um, it wasn't just a Florida initiative. Uh, we have seen from around the country, because of the visibility and because of how high profile Florida is, as it relates to elections, we all know about Florida elections, that what happens in Florida has a ripple effect around the country. And we have seen that. Uh, the efforts that you put forth to make accessible absentee or accessible vote by mail happen in Florida, uh, and the fact that you were able to make that happen in Florida had an absolute ripple effect around the rest of the country. And, and, and so, um, again, congratulations. Um, you, you put the, you know, the effort in and, and uh, kind of restoring the small D back into democracy, right? Making sure that everybody would have access to the ballot. Um, and so for today, what I'd like to do is just share with you what that initiative looks like. Uh, I represent Democracy Live, but it's important to note that um, uh, all 67 counties are doing this. And, and so whatever county you're in, uh, they'll have some option for you to vote an accessible uh ballot from the privacy of your own home. It may not necessarily be with Democracy Live. There are a couple of other uh, vendors in the state that I'm sure do a nice job. Um, and, and so what I think it's really important uh, to keep in mind is, is um, one of the, the, the components of accessible absentee voting is the ability for you all at home um, to put in a request for an accessible ballot to make sure that you're fully enfranchised um, and have the same access to a ballot as your neighbors, you know, down, down the street. Um, now, all that being said, it, it, it's, it's something that we have fully understand that the effort that you all put forth to make um, an accessible absentee ballot available to you is a very, very important first step. But we're not done yet, right? Um, because as of now, um, voting at home and, and, and voting in an accessible manner um, is, is still going to require, at least for now, a printer. So I want to get that out front because we know that 
the accessible absentee ballot won't be fully private, won't be fully independent until we get true uh, electronic return of the ballot. So you can do the entire balloting experience from the privacy and independence on your own device without requiring a printer. Um, so that's something that we've been trying to work with um, through the state. Uh, we had actually a very good meeting with the Secretary of State, uh, who's subsequently stepped down. Uh, so we have to kind of restart the educational process with the new secretary and, and the efforts um, up in Tallahassee. Um, but I think what I want to do now is is share with you how the system will work and, 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 and the process that you go about uh, getting an accessible ballot for those of you that want to vote in the upcoming primary and want to vote in, in the general election without having to ask somebody to vote, basically mark your ballot for you um, if you want to vote at home. Of course, you all know that you have those accessible uh, voting machines that are in the in the polling place, and those are all readily available to you. But the intent of, of your efforts um, through uh, this last year and a half where you all put um, the time and energy and resources to go make greater accessibility happen is to extend accessibility beyond the polling place and into the home uh, using whatever device that, that you're comfortable using, whether that's a Windows machine or an iOS device, uh, whether it's a mobile uh, device or, or your machine, uh, your, your computer. Um, and a key component of that to make sure that the next step that we can now offer for electronic return, which is what we're doing, by the way, in other states, um, Alabama and South Carolina and North Carolina, West Virginia, they're all offering electronic return. But a big part of making that happen um, will be usage. And, and so part of my discussion here today with you all is to share with you what we're doing, what's available across the state, but also to try to answer any questions that you have and, and try to encourage those of you that, that want to to try to you know use these these solutions within your respective counties um, to prove that there is demand here because from what we've seen around the country when there's enough usage it then helps spur the next level of true independence and accessibility which is electronic return of the ballot but that normally is a byproduct of of usage um, even in the one-way uh, what we call the one-way ballot delivery which still requires a printer so I would encourage you all that, that, that want to, um, to do the following. Um, when the election begins, uh, you have an upcoming primary, I believe in, in August, and you have a subsequent, the general election, of course, in November, is to reach out to your local uh, jurisdiction and put in a request to uh, ask for the accessible absentee ballot or accessible vote by mail ballot. Different counties call it different things but they'll know what you're referring to. Um, at a high level, what we try to encourage our uh, jurisdictions who support and work with Democracy Live, but I think all of the counties are doing the same thing with their respective providers. And that is to uh, make sure that the this new tool, this new voting tool is fully um, prominent and accessible on the website, right? And through the local media and through local organizations to truly get the word out that this tool is now available to voters. What we have seen around the country when this has been most um, most used is when the local jurisdiction leans into the initiative, they promote it, they talk to their local media, they put it 
you know, prominently on their on their front page of their website that an accessible absentee ballot is now available. And when they do that, um, either through the local media, through education and outreach, through the local disability organizations, um, and on their website in social media, the usage goes up dramatically, right? So, um, you know, for those of you that are in the leadership or for those of you that, that, that have a, a good relationship, or even if you don't have a relationship with your local jurisdiction, reach out to them. And, and as I was just told a number of times, um, in the Florida elections conference, um, that was just held about a week and a half ago, they're, they're asking us and, and, and hoping to engage with you all on how best to promote it. Because for many of these 67 counties, They've never done this before. And, and so working with and collaborating and, and connecting with the, the users, right, the beneficiaries of this type of technology, that's what they're looking for. And, and since they've never done it before, um, and you all have far more experience perhaps than they do in, in helping get the word out um, to generate that usage, um, it'd be great uh, if, if you have the opportunity to reach out to your local elections jurisdiction, engage with them. And perhaps even map out kind of a, a go to market or, or, or go to, um, you know, go to go to vote uh, strategy to make sure that uh, voters within the community are fully aware that this technology is there. Because from what I've seen around the country and what we've seen is that when there's usage, it really builds the demand to go to the next level of true independence and accessibility, which is uh, electronic return of the ballot. Now, typically, the some of the, the best uh, practices that we've seen in terms of getting the word out is making sure that when you reach out to your county, that uh, they have a press release, that press release goes out to their local media, um, that the messaging on the website says something like, um, your accessible uh, vote-by-mail ballot is now available, click here. And for those of you that don't know, um, when what happens when you click on that link, however you get it, either from your local elections office, maybe it's on the website, maybe you've you've uh, you know you read it in, in a social media post, but there's going to be a link, and that link will take you to a secure balloting portal. In our case, the name of that portal is called OmniBallot. Uh, it's something that's been deployed now around the country, and as I mentioned, about 27 states now. Uh, many of those states came on board, by the way after Florida helped lead the way and pioneered this, this, this technology. So a lot of them are playing follow the leader and, and, and you all were the, were the national leaders in making that happen. Um, and that balloting portal will allow you to enter um, your first and last and date of birth. Uh, typically, every county is a little bit different um, to be able to access your ballot. And um, it should have been fully vetted and, 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 uh, and, and tested um, to meet the highest levels of, of, of WCAG, um, uh, you know, WCAG uh, 2.0 or 2.1 uh, depends on, on the provider. Um, and that'll enable you to use whatever device that you're using. So in whatever screen reader that you're using, um, as we know, there's, you know, well north of, of 90 different types of combinations of how voters um, interact with your local computer, right? Some of you have, a Windows device or, or a machine and, and some have uh, an iOS device or an Android. Um, you have different operating systems and different browsers and different screen readers um, and different devices. And so hopefully whatever the technology is that, that the 
county has, has deployed has been tested to meet all those different, you know, combinations of browsers, operating systems, and, and devices. Um, so that's another question you may want to, um, you know, bring up in your discussion with your local elections authority is to make sure that the, the device and the technology, I should say the technology has been tested to meet all those different combinations. So when the time comes to be able to vote, uh, what, regardless of the, de the device or the platform that you're on, it, the, the system will work for you. So that, that's an important kind of part of the conversation you want to have. Um, when a voter comes into the uh, balloting portal and, and they use whatever screen reader or operating system or browser that they're using, um, you'll be able to be presented your ballot at home or wherever you are on your own device. And uh, you'll be able to listen to everything that's appearing on the ballot. And the system will prompt you to uh, uh, mark a ballot, mark your candidate, uh, just like you would for those of you that have um, gone down to the local polling places and voted on those accessible machines. It's a very similar experience. Um, probably the key difference is that you're going to be using your own screen reader as opposed to the kind of the built-in voice um, that you have on those machines in the polling place. Um, but the intent is that if you're able to go to Amazon.com uh, and go shopping, if you're able to go to Facebook and, and, and socialize, you should be able to go to your home device in the comfort of your home and access your ballot and mark your ballot privately and independently without having to ask somebody to do that for you. So as you're navigating through the ballot, uh, it'll present to you everything that's on on the uh, on the ballot, and uh, it'll give you uh, a warning as an example. If, if you've accidentally perhaps undervoted, you know, sometimes in, in, on a contest, you can vote for more than one. And if you perhaps accidentally uh, forget to vote for that particular contest or you only vote for one, the system will give you a little warning that says uh, you have an option to vote for more than one. And that's OK if you don't want to vote for that contest or only vote for one. But it'll give you those types of um, interactive feedback. So as you navigate through the ballot, it'll read the ballot out to you. It'll prompt you to enter and, and, and mark your uh, your selections throughout the course of, of the balloting experience. When you're all done going through the ballot, um, you'll be able to uh, get a summary of how you voted. You know, so you can listen, go back and make any changes uh, that you'd want to make if you wanted to. And then when, when everything is done and you've gone through the ballot, you've marked your selections, you've reviewed your selections. Now, the next step for now is to print off your ballot. Um, and at that point, you can print it off. And, um, and that's, of course, assuming that you have a printer, you can always save it um, on, on, a, on a thumb drive or, or save it so you can take it to a place that does have a printer. And again, we are fully aware that that, that is an obstacle. And that is something that we are 100% committed to. Um, at Democracy Live, we pioneered electronic return of the ballot a number of years ago. And we've been doing that now in, in, in hundreds of, of elections around the country. That doesn't uh, require a printer. But for now, in Florida, um, it, it does require a printer until we get authorization from the Secretary of State or through some other mandate that would allow for true electronic return of the ballot. But for now, you, you print off the ballot and typically... Every jurisdiction is going to be a little bit different, but the best practice is that the jurisdiction will still mail you uh, the envelope um, that 
all your neighbors and, and other voters would use to return the ballot. And so the instructions would typically prompt you that once the, ba- the ballot has been, been uh, um, printed, you'll then take that ballot, fold it, put it into an envelope, and and uh, return it back to the elections office. Um, that may require some assistance, um, but at least in this experience that I just described, you're not having to rely upon somebody else to mark the ballot for you. Um, some other little um, but important aspects of this process is one of the things that the, the ballot does is it, get, it gets printed off in a summary of your selections. So if you have the ability to go back and, and scan uh, the printout to make sure that it printed in the way that uh, you wanted it to, uh, to, to print out, you can do that because it's just going to summarize uh, your selections. And then so that should make it easier for those of you that want to go back and review and that it printed accurately to be able to scan that um, and, and confirm that it printed accurately. So once that ballot's been printed, you'll then take that ballot and, and put it into the envelope and mail it back uh, to your elections office. There will be a signature uh, page, just like everybody. And, and so, um, you know, being able to know where uh, to, to sign is something that can that is typically put into the instructions on where to sign on the paper. Um, there are some really novel concepts. I know that um, uh, Lisa Lewis in, in, in Volusia County has done a marvelous job in kind of innovating and experimenting with uh, different ways to make that process of where and how to sign um, easier. And so what she did in, in Volusia County, so a little shout out to, to, to Lisa, um, is, and she's the supervisor of elections in, in Volusia. She put a little um, tactile, um, like a little sticker um, next to the, the signature line. And so you, you know, you're able to kind of from a tactile standpoint, know where to sign next to the little sticker that's on the paper. And so she's done that with, with, with her voters. And, and, uh, I know a lot of, um, other jurisdictions have been thinking about the same type of uh, mechanisms to help make the signing of the ballot more independent as well. Um, so once that is done, uh, the, the, the ballots get returned back to the elections office and, uh, they're processed just like every other absentee, um, ballot. And, uh, the the key difference here is is that the the ballot once it gets back to the elections office because typically you're you're printing the ballot from your home printer with 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 home you know printer paper which typically cannot be tabulated on on the on the actual um, tabulation machines you might have heard of uh, ESNS or Dominion those are the two tabulation scanning machines that they use in in each one of your um, jurisdictions. Um, in Florida. So that piece of paper that you print off at home uh, is not uh, tabulatable. I, that's the term, right? Uh, it can't be scanned and tabulated on those big machines. And so what will happen um, is that when those ballots come back in, typically the elections office will go ahead and um, kind of duplicate your selections onto a fully tabulatable ballot. And I bring that up because uh, that's another reason for the electronic return. Um, when you do electronic return, it actually prints the ballot in its entirety. And it's the exact same looking ballot that, that all the other voters use. Um, the ES&S or the Dominion ballot is printed off at the elections office. 
So there's still a paper record, a paper ballot, and looks identical to everybody else's ballot. So that's another advantage of electronic return. Um, but for now, we think that this is a significant uh, step um, in in the right direction of of, of ex- extending accessibility into the into the into the home beyond the polling place. But it's only that first significant step. You know, we're not going to be satisfied at Democracy Live until we have full um, uh, voting and and and, and the balloting processes completely independent and private. Uh, just like everybody else, uh, who can vote an absentee ballot. So that's a very high level of, of, of what we're doing, um, in, in Florida. Um, and again, I just want to congratulate everyone that was involved in the process because, uh, I can tell you it would not have, um, happened in, um, in, in Florida with those, without those efforts. Um, some things that I've, I've, I've heard in, in, in the elections officials right now in Florida, um, you know, they're, <laughs> I want to be careful of the term that I use. I was going to say, you know, they're, they're, they're under the gun of, of conducting the election, but literally they're, many of their lives have been, been threatened because of all the, uh, uh, doubt and distrust that's been promulgated in this last 2020 election. And so there's so much volatility around this, um, this issue of voting and, and, and integrity and election security that, um, you know, they've, they've, many of them have, have been threatened. So, you know, that's the world that they're operating in today. Um, so your advocacy to go make this happen, uh, w- was absolutely required. Uh, they have enough on their plate. Um, and, and so I don't think that this would have happened, uh, without your efforts and doing what you all did in Florida to, to go extend accessibility, you know, into the voting experience. Um, I do want to touch a little bit um, on security. So the, the environment that we're talking about here is a balloting portal. It's a web portal. Uh, we have um, partnered with um, a little company called Amazon. Perhaps some of you have heard of them, uh, Amazon Web Services. And we partner very closely with, with uh, AWS is what they call it. And uh, that cloud environment in which the ballot your ballot is is stored and, and secured. Um, it's the same cloud environment that's been approved by literally every se- national security agency. So the FBI and Homeland Security and the CIA and the Department of Defense. In fact, the National Security Agency just selected AWS, that cloud environment. Uh, and instead of the national security agency documents and whatever it is that the NSA stores, but if the nuclear codes or the list of spies or whatever it is that the NSA kind of secures and, and, and hosts in, in that cloud, in our case, um, that secure document uh, happens to be a ballot, right? And so when we looked at our partners, we wanted to go with the same secure cloud environment as, you know, the NSA and the CIA and, and the Department of Defense and Homeland Security. So that's a key component of, of the security of the process, right? Um, you know, where every bit and every ballot um, and every byte within the ballot, you know, can be secured within that federally approved um, cloud environment. Um, the system itself has been reviewed by Department of Homeland Security, by the Federal Cybersecurity Information um, Agency, uh, numerous uh, uh, independent South Carolina, as an, an example, just did a uh, independent security review of this technology. So, in terms of uh, the security, 
you know, voting by mail is, is great, but you put your ballot in the mailbox, right? And you kind of hope for the best that, that, you know, Milton, the mailman, you know, got, got the ballot there and, and, and we, we trust that that happens. But in the digital environment, to know that it's been independently reviewed by federal agencies, by state agencies and independent cybersecurity laboratories, um, that, that hopefully gives you all, um, some level of comfort that this is a very secure experience. Um, and we hope to kind of continue to build on that. In fact, we just engaged a cybersecurity firm where over 1500, uh, independent cybersecurity researchers will be testing this system, um, you know, 24 seven, 365. So we want to make sure that, you know, the, the, the portal is as secure as it possibly can be, but it does give hopefully you all and Democracy Live assurance that, you know, AWS has been selected by all the major federal agencies for security. And if the national security apparatus believe that, that the, the cloud environment is good enough, um, for some of the nation's most critical and classified documents, then it's, it, it should be good enough for our ballot as well. So with that, I'll just say a, a few, um, final words and I'll be happy to ask any or answer any questions that you might have. Um, but, there's a there's a debate out there right around security versus accessibility and and i believe that's a false narrative um i think that accessibility drives security um and, and that the catalyst for building broader and, and greater security is a byproduct of making sure that accessibility is a part of the elections and democratic experience right we want to make sure that everybody is fully enfranchised with, with voting. And so in order to do that, we have to make sure that it is as fully secure as, as possible. And the catalyst for the security, the catalyst for the, for the DHS review and, and these other independent reviews, when I say DHS, I mean Department of Homeland Security, was because of what you all did down in Florida, right? That we had to be able to get to that level of, of, of security to make sure that the state, in our case, Democracy Live!, um, was able to review it, uh, and, and actually end up certifying the system. Um, uh, so, so we believe that, that the certification process was, was critically important to give you all the assurance and, 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 and the security that when you access your ballot, it is in a, not just an accessible, um, environment, but a fully secure environment as well. Um, so, you know, one of the things that we, we try to contend with is, um, uh, dispelling the kind of the misinformation out there that, that you have to give out, you have to give up uh, security. If you want to expand accessibility, we don't believe that's the case at all. I, I think one feeds the other. And uh, you know, in the case of Florida, as an example, the case that we try to make with, with uh, your former secretary of state um, was, and, and I think most of the jurisdictions agree with this is that electronic return is already happening in Florida today. Uh, it, it, it's already a law in the state of Florida that voters who are in the military or, or, or overseas um, shall have the ability to electronically return their ballot, right? So it's already been happening in Florida now for almost a decade. So electronic return is, is happening. The only difference is that it's happening with outdated um, and, and probably relatively, uh, I don't want to say insecure, but, but it's using a fax machine. Right. So um, the reality is, is that, you know, fax machines haven't been through Homeland Security reviews or independent cybersecurity reviews. Fax machines don't have 
you know, over a thousand cybersecurity researchers looking at it. So when it comes to security in the state of Florida, and, and my, my hope for today is that, you know, you'll be informed enough. Uh, we start a dialogue with anybody that, that has follow-up questions um, that, that, you know, you'll be empowered enough to reach out to your local elections um, uh, officials to uh, map out a strategy on, on how to go to market and, and how to educate and, and reach out and make sure there's activity, but also to provide you the, the, the tools to have the, the, the conversation to move forward on how to provide electronic return of the ballot in a more secure manner than Florida is doing today, which is using a fax machine. So if we're really talking about security and if the pushback in the state of Florida is, well, you know, you know, electronic return isn't secure. Well, using a federally approved cloud that was just recently selected by the National you know, Security Agency is probably more secure than a fax machine, um, regardless of the fact that most people don't even have fax machines. So, you know, keep that in mind if you have these conversations moving forward, that uh, the goal is for true independence, true privacy, uh, full accessibility in the home to be able to vote just like everybody else does. Um, and that's a, that's really only comes from electronic return. Electronic returns already been happening in Florida. They're just using fax machines. So we can double down on security while we're expanding um, accessibility in the state of Florida to make sure that all voters, regardless of disabilities, have full independent and private access to the ballot. So with that, um, I'll stop my filibuster here and, and, and uh, you know, answer any questions that anybody has. Um, but again, I, I, just, I do want to champion uh, those individuals that, that, that were on the front lines and the entire organization of, of um, expanding access to the ballot in Florida through all the efforts that you put forward in the last year and a half or so. Democracy Live is happy to support and engage, collaborate um, wherever we can to make sure that we go to the next level, um, which is electronic return of the ballot in Florida. So thank you for your for your time here and, and uh, uh, President Young or, or uh, um, Chanel, I'd be happy to answer any questions that anybody might have within the audience. Thank you, Brian. And I do want to thank Democracy Live for being our platinum sponsor for the convention. So, yay. <laughs> Hi, Jamaica. Hello. My question is about the um, about. Um, making a bill for Georgia for the for voting, do we want to make sure that what what you just talked about is is in the bill for us to try to get Georgia to 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 make this happen? The bill in Georgia, I, I'm not acquainted with, um, uh, but again, it's it's a great point, right? That much of this is driven uh, by by legislation. Uh, oftentimes it's also by litigation, just to be quite honest. Um, so the, the bill in Georgia, you know, whatever I would always encourage, um, you know, the, the bottom up efforts and advocacy to get a bill passed, equal access to the ballot, um, should not be, uh, restricted to only the polling place. Now that technology has been around for a number of years to extend it into the home. Um, and hopefully it's a, it's a, it's a nonpartisan issue. Um, you know, with, with equal access to the ballot. Uh, so if there is a bill, um, you know, I would certainly engage with your local representative, explain the issue in our experience around the country. Um, it, it, legislators aren't, aren't, aren't thinking of this until it's brought to their attention. 
that we have uh, vote by mail is one of the fastest growing. It is actually the fastest growing uh, method of voting in the country is absentee voting. And, and yet um, all that really does is it, is it creates a, a broader uh, gap uh, in, in terms of access to the ballot. When you have everybody being able to vote at home, um, except for those that can't see or hold or mark a paper, you know, postal ballot, that just broadens the gap. And so when you bring this issue to your respective legislators, uh, hopefully they'll understand and appreciate the issue and, 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 and uh, put forth a bill. So I would absolutely advocate at the local level for sure. Sheila, this is Jack Kellogg. Does she does he know anything about Broward County or Leon County? Because they've messed up this voting thing so bad over the last ten years. No, uh, I'm not exactly sure what what the you know what we we try to stay in our lane of of uh, of accessibility and, and really focusing on that. We I, I do know that that. Uh, um, Mr. Scott in Broward County is, is, uh, he's an absolute innovator in my experience and, and he is absolutely trying, um, all that he can to, uh, to extend accessibility. Um, and, and so that's, a, we're trying to work with him to, uh, to help support, uh, this effort of equal access to the absentee ballot. And in, in my personal experience, he's, he's doing a, a marvelous job of, of, you know, trying to lead and innovating um, to extend accessibility in, in Broward County. Leon County, we have problems with machines not working. The, the people that can't. Yeah, the people that are there are very ignorant and they don't seem to know how to operate these machines that the, the blind need to, to use. What would you recommend, Brian? They reach out to their supervisor of elections? Yeah, you know, uh, these elections officials, uh, especially in Florida, given the visibility of Florida, you know, they are, they are absolutely wanting to listen and, and, and in my experience, right? Um, and, and do what they can to, um, you know, broaden access. And, and, you know, in, in some cases, you have hundreds and hundreds of, of, of poll workers. And, and, uh, you know, the training of the poll workers is, is really, really critical, right? Especially as it relates to, um, you know, these, these machines. So anytime that you can take the time to reach out and, and have a direct conversation with either your supervisor of election or, or their deputy, uh, in my experience, they, they can be very responsive. Obviously, it depends on every county is a little bit different. Um, but being able to advocate, um, you know, for your interests, I, I think is the best way of doing that. So to reach out and engage and, and create a relationship uh, with, with your local jurisdiction is probably the best way of, of affecting change. Well, thank you, everybody. Thank you for being patient with our technical issues. Thank you, Chanel. And thank you, Brian, for being with us today. Absolutely. Thank you. It's been an honor. Thank you.